All right, we'll get going because we got a lot of awesome friends on here now. Thank and for hearts. We're ready. Thanks for the Whoever sending hellos hearts. and hearts. <laughs> okay, so meal tip Tuesday. Hey, um, I only have a couple of questions here, so if if you guys have questions, um, today's a good day to ask. So go ahead and and post away if you have a question. Don't be shy to. <laughs> To post them on here so I'll just get these ready um, I want to thank our sponsors today we got Colt Saddlery uh, Colt Naring does a dang good job um, he built me this saddle what about a month ago I think yeah. I don't know about a month ago and I'm loving it I've never had a rough out saddle before and I think I'm I think that's my I think that's what I want I think that's what I what I like so well the girls have that on yeah. their little saddles and it holds them in pretty good those, that rough out leather is is awesome. So, uh, thank you to Colt. Um, his number is 801-592-8381. And you can look up Colt Saddlery on Facebook as well. So, look him up and uh, tell him thanks for supporting us. Also, want to thank Western Meal Magazine, Ben and Anita Tennyson. They do a really good job, and, and I appreciate them letting me write for them uh, the past few years. It's been a lot of fun. So, And I've been saying this because I need some suggestions, but I'm trying to get people to send me suggestions on what they like me to write on. I know. Sometimes I open ideas. up the computer and I sit there and I've wrote so many articles now. I'm like, well, they've probably already read that and they've probably already read that. And Anyways, uh, so if you have suggestions on something you'd like me to write uh, for that magazine, you just let me know. Happy to Happy to give it a try for you. Okay, so I have two questions to start with, and then we'll take whatever comes up on here. So watch for questions on here, Sky. Okay. Um, first question comes from Catherine McDonald, and this this question I thought was so good. Um, I actually used it as our question of the week on our newsletter. Um, hopefully, you guys are getting those newsletters we send out every Monday with training tips and the Dally Diaries and uh, clinic recaps and and then we send links to the podcast and stuff on there too so anyways if, if you already read this then sorry um but i'm going to go over it again because i thought it's worth it's worth talking about um basically her question is this um it's about lowering her mule's head um she says she just got this mule um and it's been ridden with its head up like the people wanted its head to be up and i don't know uh, i can't remember if she said this is like a a gated bred mule, um, you know, that she, that somebody's been trying to get to, to gate and to walk out or whatever. But nonetheless, the, the mule walks with its head way up high and she's, she doesn't want to deal with this. Um, so she asked what I would do and, and for some suggestions and she asked if she should go back to the halter or she asked for some bit suggestions or whatever. So, let me talk about that for a minute. The first thing I'll say with headset, whether you're trying to, um, whatever you're trying to do with the headset, uh, the correct, get the correct headset. Remember the goal, I should say my goal is to help my mule travel in the most efficient way possible for their body. I want their bodies to run efficiently because I use my mules you know, we, we trail ride, we ride in the mountains, um, a lot of it's pretty rough country, um, put a lot of miles on, and then when we're home, we're often 
working cattle or, or, or whatever, and I, I really like my mules to work and carry themselves and their bodies efficiently. So uh, whatever that, that position might be, it might vary. Um, I'm also trying over a period of time to get my mules to be able to hold self-collection. Um, I don't want to have to hold collection myself, but be, and, and collection is another way of talking about helping the mule or your horse to carry themselves efficiently the way their body is designed to to maintain um, the only difference is, is when you guys when we're riding um, that collection has to also compensate for our weight on their backs so back to this headset thing I have found that if you focus on getting all the other pieces then the headset is pretty easy so for example I'm gonna work on getting these feet to where they're light on the ground uh, I'm going to start by moving the hindquarters. I'm going to start by moving the front quarters. Um, you know, she's asking uh, also kind of about the soft feel and, and about picking up, you know, picking up on both of your reins and trying to get these mules to, you know, drop their head and tuck their head. Um, you can't really work on soft, a soft feel or carrying a soft feel um, or having contact on the reins until you have lateral flexion going until you can move all four quarters evenly uh, and united. So you're building uh, your lateral stuff first before you can work on the vertical flexion. Um, I hope that makes sense. Is that making sense to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yep. Anything you want to add to that? <laughs> nope. Catch you off guard? You daydreaming? <laughs> um, but uh, the lateral work is the most important, Catherine. So make sure you get that going. Get the foot get the foot light um, on each quarter and don't worry about the headset you'll find that they'll start carrying themselves more efficiently um, a lot of times when a mule's holding its head up way up high um, it's often due to a brace particularly in the forehand um, they're really heavy on the forehand they usually have their heads up so uh, getting them light there helps and, and you'll notice they'll just start carrying themselves also this could very well be a mental um, brace, a mental block. Uh, when they're scared, when they're nervous, when they're on the defense, their head's up. So that could be a big part of it too. So you got a little work to do, it sounds like. Um, for her second part of her question, should she go back to the halter or what bit would I suggest? Um, no, I wouldn't. I'm not going to ride in the halter, but I would definitely go back to the groundwork. Get all your groundwork going good in the rope halter. Get all the stuff established. Get on the ground. Build that foundation. And as for a bit suggestion, um, I just recommend a O-ring or a D-ring or like an egg butt. Um, smooth mouth, snaffle bit. So that's all I'd use until I got all this stuff going. So that was a good question. Thank you, Catherine. If you're watching this, let me know. Um, it's like that last one I said. Tell me thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now let me know what you think of that. Um, yeah, so the next question is from Lee Freeman. And Lee always writes in and, and uh, you know, she's very encouraging and has good questions. Um, so she's got a really good question I wanted to feature on today's Meal Tip Tuesday. Um, so she's asking about the saying or the quote that comes from Tom Dorrance and Ray Hunt. Um, 
basically the saying that says, uh, make the right thing easy and the wrong thing difficult. And she's asking, um, how, how does one go about that when the wrong thing is already mentally difficult for the mule, but they choose to dwell in the land of hard times? So what I'm, what I'm getting from this question, Sky, is I think she's asking where, um, you know, we're trying to get the mule to, to do something, but they're, they're staying where life is harder and they don't realize. And I think the key there is they don't realize. So if your mules would be fighting you on these things um, and having a hard time, you know, finding the release, going towards uh, the easy thing, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to evaluate myself, Lee. I'm going to see what I'm doing. I'm going to make some changes, make some adjustments, um, and I'm going to try to make whatever it is that I want them to do, I'm going to try to make that easier. I'm going to focus on making the right thing easier, um, whatever more that obvious. might be. Yeah, more obvious. Uh, and that might be breaking it down into smaller pieces. Um, you know, for, for example, um, this came up at the clinic last week in North Carolina. We were working on lateral flexion in mulemanship one in the saddle, okay? And they they went to pick up on the rein to ask the mule to bend a little bit, and the mule completely pulled on, you know, pulling against the pressure, pushing into the pressure away from, you know, the way that we're trying to get him to go. So I'm so so let's just so so if you can picture this as you guys are listening, you're sitting on your mule, and you're trying to get the mule to bend a little to the right. And as you pick up on your right rein, as you slide down your right rein and you start to draw the rein out to 45 degrees, your mule actually pulls against that, away from that. And now, let's just say they're in the negatives. So say they bend to the left to negative 45 degrees. Okay, so so they're they're choosing, they're making it harder, right? They're making this harder on themselves even. Um, I am going to reward this mule. I'm going to reward it, even if it goes from negative 45, let's say, to back to zero. I'm going to reward them for that try in the right direction. Even though you haven't gained any ground, I'm going to reward that. So I'm going to try to make it easier. Whatever it is, I'm trying to make it easier to do. So whatever, whatever piece you're working on, you have to break it down into smaller pieces, make it easier for them to do, um, reward the tries quicker. Um, you know, another example of making the right thing easy and the wrong thing difficult, this is this is a common one, is riding away from the barn. It's already hard enough to ride away from the barn, right? So um, they, they don't want to go away uh, from the barn. So, so just, you know, like I said, we're trying to make the right thing easy. So you're trying to make it easy to go away from the barn, but it's hard for them to go away from the barn. They, they have no reason to want to go away from from the barn they're not looking um in that and even so if you just ride quiet and you just leave them alone in that case that's not it's not good enough uh for them right so in that case i gotta make the wrong thing a little bit more difficult i gotta uh, ride a, a little bit more around the barn i gotta bring i gotta bring up that uh, energy i gotta bring up that life i might i gotta make it pretty uncomfortable right there around the barn so that going away from the barn, they can find some comfort. There can be some change. Does that make sense? 
because on, on, in the very beginning, just going away from the barn isn't isn't good enough. So, can you hear our kids fighting? No, it's all I can hear. I can't even hear what you're saying. Hold her out there to him. Tell him to be quiet. <laughs> sorry, this is real life, people. And those of you listening later on the podcast, sorry about the sound, but uh, hey, we love our kids, but sometimes they need a little little redirection. So Sky's gonna go make the right thing easy and the wrong thing difficult with her kids right now. <laughs> So, did you make the right thing easy, wrong thing difficult? Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So, thank you for that question, Lee. Um, let me know what you guys think of those answers. Those are the two questions we have. Do you get any questions on here yet? I saw one. Um, she asked, why a mule cross fires or cross canters? And how you can help them from doing this. But Why a mule cross canter? So those of you that don't it. know what that means, when they cross fire or cross canter, that means, you know, say the okay. say the front end. Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Uh, so the front end would be going on, let's say, the left lead, okay? And the hind end is on the right lead. And this feels, it feels really, really weird. <laughs> and a lot of times they'll do this. And I think... Um, uh, I mean, I've seen I've seen this quite a bit. Uh, I can't remember whose whose mule was it. Was it her? I can't remember whose mule. Yeah, I can't remember whose mule that was doing that. I'm not sure. Um, but I just just had uh, a mule do that just at this last clinic. Anyways, um, so it feels really weird. And often when they do that, they want to jump out of it. So for them to put themselves onto the correct lead, they want to jump their hind end out like of it and, like and it feels to get it. yeah a lot of people get scared because it feels like like oh did they just buck like, no you'll know when they buck you you'll, <laughs> you'll know that part you'll, there will be no question there'll be no question um but they kind of kick out and it feels kind of kind of wonky it feels very goofy um the reason they do it is one being unfamiliar with transitions um you know, the average mule I'm seeing nowadays doesn't live in a pasture. Uh, it doesn't live out in the open where it can where it can run and lope and, and, and move around. A lot, a lot of these mules live in small paddocks where they don't really get to move out near enough. And then uh, we go to ask them to lope and the muscles aren't developed. Um, they're not balanced. Uh, also, a lot of these mules sometimes get pretty braced up, uh, particularly in the hindquarters. They get braced up and... and uh, get tight so there there could be lots of reasons why a mule cross canners or cross fires but a few things that will help you pick up the correct lead the hindquarters is where the lead matters the most so there's a you know to pick up the correct lead you might work on leg yields that's a great one uh, haunches in is a really good one to picking up uh, the correct lead um, trotting tight circles and loping out of the circle uh, do lots of those that's particularly helpful on younger colts and things like that and so anyways hindquarter control would be your your best friend so anyways that's a good question what can you say there she said don't forget to make a video on tying with nakati reins oh yeah i'll Please, make it i need it she said <laughs> i'll make a video and put it on the video library in the next uh, week or so uh about how to tie your mule up with Makati reins. You know, today I was out when, uh, so today I, I just got back a few minutes ago, really. Um, but took Dally and we 
we went and we packed some salt down to uh, some pastures here where we're moving cows on Saturday. And Nellie was excellent today, by the way. Good. She did really good. Um, I watched but you my there buddy, brushing her and she looked pretty quiet. Oh, yeah. She was really, she was, just felt so good today. Um, but my buddy tied his, his horse up with, with the reins. With his, and he has split reins, leather reins, you know, and, and he even said, he's like, don't you break them reins. This is a bad idea. And he, and he, <laughs> he went to turn the water on and the water trough down there and this horse sat back and snapped the reins. <laughs> like nothing. Probably. Just nothing. So, so I, I, uh, I handed him to, cause, and then this horse takes, takes off running. It's, <laughs> it's freaking running to this pasture and we're a long ways from town down here. I mean, it, it, we've been, we rode for four hours down there, um, Anyways, so his horse takes off. He's like, "Well, I guess you got to go catch my horse." So <laughs> I hand I handed him Dally, and so he just tied Dally up while he finished working on the water trough. And this horse, his horse, just busts off out of there. So I, I'm on Riata. Luckily, I'm on Riata, so I can go do something. So I get my rope out, and I, I go, I, I went and roped Starbucks. Luckily, she's easy to catch. She once she realized I was right there, she wasn't trying to run from me anymore. But, um, but yeah, it snapped them reins. And so I, I told him, I said, "Hey, for Christmas, I think I'm going to get you a Makati." And I'm going to show you how to tie your your reins up so that you can tie. Um, around here, not, not a lot of people ride with their halters. That's, yeah, I guess some people do, but um, you know, most most of the ranchers and buckers and cowboys around here, you won't see them riding with their halters. Um, so tying up with a Makati is a handy deal. So I'll make that video. That'd be a good video. You got a question here? Yep. You can't quite read it, Jenny. Jenny, says, Jenny Seavey? She says, sorry, we have this weird pop-up thing in the way this time. She says, my mule is ear shy. I get that it takes a while to get them over issues. She's had six months off. I'm ready to bridle her and ride. How do I make this easier for her? I've had her since she was three, and it's always been an issue. Had her for three years. Oh. Okay, Jenny, so the ear shy stuff, the first thing I'll say is that is a time taker okay so it's not it's not something you 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 fix quickly regardless of youtube videos and facebook <laughs> videos um it, it's gonna take you it's gonna take you some time at least it's gonna take me some time um so one thing i do if i got one that's really bad ear shy i start working through my entire checklist my groundwork i get it going i start in the writing and I'm just careful around them ears and respectful of those ears. And then when I get to riding, some people say, well, how can you ride them if they're ear shy? Well, I, I get a bridle that I can snap on, or a lot of my bridles are uh, just the hanger. I just use a hanger, I don't use a, a, a brow band, and that's fine too, because here, here's the deal, I need to be working on your that mule's mind. I need to be working on that mule's mind while, um, you know, while in the meantime working on those ears, because if you can get them comfortable mentally, then that ear shy problem will be way, way less. I promise you that. So well, they um, might not, they might not ever enjoy like ear scratching or anything, yeah. but you can get them to where they at least will take you putting things over their ears. Cause even Dally, she's, she's loves her ears scratched, but as soon as you're going to put on reins or bridles, she's a little touchy with it. Yeah, she's a little touchy folding her ears, uh, folding her ears forward because we always take the ears forward too, you know. Um, and I guess that's something else I should speak on is how you bridle. There's there's a couple or three important prerequisites um, to bridling, and I found if people just follow these prerequisites, then a lot of times 
getting them bridled right and putting the you know putting it over their ears is really not a big deal but uh, number one lateral flexion number two is teaching that mule to lower its head from the you know by the halter and number three is just getting them comfortable just with your hand um, going over the muzzle opening their mouth and bringing those ears forward and that's going to be where it's going to take you some time but get the mind right so in the meantime just get you a bridle that you can get by and then i treat it as one hair a day one hair a day just one hair a day closer um i'll start by you know going up the neckline the main line and and getting closer to the ears there with my hand i work from the nose up getting closer to the ears uh, on the forehead with my hand and on both sides and you know before you know it you're touching the base of the ear before you know it you've got the whole ear and uh, it's not a big deal but it's going to take you some time so i don't really have a time limit for you I don't. I can't say you're going to have this fixed um, in 10 days or in two days or or, or whatever it is. But uh, it, you know, remember Oprah, your mule Oprah. Uh, this, I guy, do. this guy had a mule named Oprah that was pretty ear shy, um, and we had her a long time. And we just did exactly what we're telling uh, Jenny, right? Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. What we're telling you, Jenny, is we just took our time and it was a period of years. And, you know, by the time Sky sold Oprah, uh, you could handle the ears and bridle her without an issue. That's fine. But she didn't was, want you to scratch No, she'd never love you about it. And They're some like of them are. like stiff. Yeah. That's the thing. Chrome, she doesn't like her ears scratched. Her ears are like stiff. Riata, hers are barely even hanging or like... <laughs> If Riata's ears... any stiffness to him left because she likes them yeah. rubbed so much. Yep, she has no, there's no brace in <laughs> it's her It's the time they're going to flop yeah. soon if you don't stop scratching them. She, as she walks, they start to go like <laughs> they this. Do they do, they flop, flop. So, anyway. that's a good question. Thank you, Jenny. Let me know what you think of that answer. I'd love to hear your response to that. What else you got in there? Carrie. Well. What's the name? Let me see. Oh, we got this pop-up in front of our I screen, know, guys. I know, it's covering Sorry. half of the words. I'm not sure where it came from. Carrie Dolan. Carrie, hello. She says, I have a new yearling, Molly. Finally got her good haltering and head down, and she's been really good with body work and ropes and stuff. She came from a large herd of critters to my place with only one horse. She's just a year old, 15 hands already, and herd bound. Should I keep her solo all the time, or do you always keep... A young one with a herd mare mate. or mate, sorry, um, is pinned up in a six by twelve foot panel or six twelve foot panels. It like blends. It blends into the wall color too. <laughs> anyway, okay. So she said, "I'm just now starting to highline her. She's really not good if my horse is gone. So, Work with her four hours a week. There's the gist." Okay. So, how old is this meal? I think was in the beginning, yearling. Ye yearling? yearling yep. Yeah. No, don't keep her by herself. Um, she, this yearling mule Carrie is going to learn way more with the herd than she ever will just being by herself with, with a human. Um, so I really like all my my youngsters to be with the herd. Um, sometimes we get yearling or wheelings together. We got yearlings together, and they kind of stay together. And, but uh, but no, they, they need a herd. They're going to learn a lot of social skills and, and the herd dynamics, which are going to really help. You know, all of the training processes, most of them that are worth a darn out there, um, have something to do with working 
from the from the viewpoint of the herd dynamic. So the way we operate with them is is we basically don't teach them anything new, um, right? We we're, when we when I begin working with a mule, I don't teach you anything new. I teach it things that he already knows. So for example, um, one of the very first things I'll teach a mule to do is to uh, hook on the hooking on process. And that starts by us actually driving the mule, moving the mule away, causing a little stress, causing a little tension, and then drawing the mule back in. And they do that in their herd. So that's one of the very first things we do. They already know how to do that in the herd, and I just start building from there. So yeah, put them, leave them out with the herd. They're gonna get way more out of that. And that's normal for them to be herd bound and, and wanna hang out with them because they're just uh, lonely little babies. Um, you know, in, in nature, most of these uh, most of these horses, these wild horses, uh, don't wean the young until they're about a year old. Usually, when they're about to have their next foal, is when they wean. So most of them are yearlings. So yeah, let them let them stay with the herd. That's fine. Well, even for when they're not young, for us, we rarely will keep them alone. Yeah, I don't like even keeping when them alone. we were training. We would we preferred to have them all together so they could have that it's so much easier to work them when they're mentally comfortable um, and you, they get that from the herd you know um, and a lot of times people think oh my meal's so herd bound I'm gonna keep them by themselves so they get you know herd bound to me or, or they get attached to me and the problem with that it goes back to the very first lesson we talked about today making the right thing easy wrong thing difficult what happens there is it's just like I mean it's kind of like telling your kid they can't hang out with a certain friend, and that just makes the kid want to hang out with that friend even more. Um, but you're not making it easy to be with you. You're making it hard to be with you because they don't, they're not going to be comfortable. They're not going to be mentally right, and it's going to be making it easier to go back with the herd. They're going to want the herd, and, and all they're going to have in their mind is how great that herd is. So I'd focus on doing small sessions, Carrie. Just catch that molly and, and do a little bit and make it good to be with you. Um, you know, like we've got a couple of meals out here. They would rather be with us than the herd. <laughs> like they would, they're at the gate. They can't wait. They just, they, they love to be out. So that's a good question, Carrie. Let me know what you think of that. I appreciate, uh, uh you let me know what you thought. Another for more? How we doing? We're about out of time here. Let's see if there's any more on there that people want some help with though. Sandra's mule, Izzy and Waldo both. both oh, that's right. Candy. That's right. I was wondering if it was Waldo. Okay, one more. Ready? Andy Irvine. Irvin or Irvine? Sorry. I'm taking riding lessons regularly. Well, it skipped again. Both my With both my mules these days and making good progress steadily, I rode for many years with no guidance. So now we both have to learn and unlearn. My seat is now the area of focus. Oh, they just say thanks. There's more, but no question. Oh. All right. Oh, wait, there it is. There Any it tips? Is. Sky, come on. <laughs> I'm really struggling with this job today. Any tips would be great. On what? For his, it says, my seat is now my focus. Any tips would be great. Getting a real lo loose with my lower legs. Curious if you have a few quick practice tips to suggest. So, I don't know what I've the question. I've been riding out of the stirrups to get... So, so what's the question? You gotta read that to me again. It's more balance and in, in the seat. 
So you it doesn't strong. have really a question question. So. Uh, okay, so I rode many years with no guidance. So now both me and my mule have to learn and unlearn. My seat is now the area of focus. Any tips you would would be great. I have been riding out of the stirrups to get down in the saddle Go talk about more, the mic. and getting real loose with my lower legs. Um, Andy, I'm not exactly sure what your question is. Um, I wouldn't ride without your stirrups. Um, that seems to make more habits um, than, or more bad habits than, than good habits. People just start sitting. They start. They tend to sit back behind their seat bones too much when they, when they ride either bareback or without stirrups. You know, when I get riders in my clinics that do a lot of riding bareback, they have a big problem of sitting back, like they're kind of in a recliner. Because, like when you're riding bareback or without stirrups, that's how you're, you don't have your balancing points. And and sometimes when I work with people that are also paralyzed and they can't use that, they'll tend to do that. And and of course they got a good excuse, um, but you don't. <laughs> So I would I practice feeling as you're riding, Andy. Practice feeling your seat bones, your two seat bones, your two butt bones. Practice feeling those as you're riding. That'll that'll be really helpful to you. Um, know where your seat bones are and how you're sitting on them. I think is one of the best things that you can kind of work on. Um, work on feeling and being aware of your whole leg, your whole leg. A lot of people when I, we talk about using our legs and leg positions and and whatever. I think their focus is usually just on their heel. A lot of people can tell me right where their heel is, but they can't tell me what their knees are doing, what their thighs and their calves are doing. So just be aware of your whole leg. Try not to hold on with your knees and try to sit on your seat bones and know where you are um, per each position. You know, if I'm trying to speed up a little bit, I need to be a little forward on my seat bones. If I'm trying to slow down a little bit, I need to be slightly behind my seat bones. If I want to stop, I'll sit back and get off of my seat bones, sit on my butt. Um, so being aware of where you're, you're sitting would, would help. Also, one of the best things that can help with just sitting balanced and riding balanced is relaxing your hands. And some people are like, how does relaxing your hands have anything to do with how you sit in the saddle? Um, if, you, if you're constantly gripping your reins real tight, you have that tension, um, that's gonna go through your whole body and kind of make your body rigid. It's amazing by loosening up your hands, loosen up your fingers as you hold the reins. The lighter you can hold those reins and the softer you can be with your hands on them reins, that'll help you quite a lot with your seat position. So, um, I don't, I, I, does that cover that question, the tips? It, I don't know. It wasn't an exact question. Sorry about that. Sure. Andy, if I'm, if I'm way off on, on answering that, just let me know. And Email have, us and we'll yeah. get your questions straight. If you got a more specific question, just holler. So, see if there's anything else on here. Okay, I'm going to let you read it. Apparently, I can't read today. <laughs> I'll have to scroll a little yep. bit. I appreciate you guys at, at, uh, asking some questions today. I don't think we have any that way. So, I think we've found them all. And if we haven't, sorry, uh, we've got this big old I can only see one line of words yeah, at a time. It's so kind of really... funky on our phones today. So... Anyways, um, here you go. There's one from who? Saul. Saul. Question: Ty, if my mule is very reactive to the flag on the ground, uh, on the groundwork, it's okay to work it is without it okay flag. Oh, without. is it okay? Um, yeah, yeah. Except for I'd get them. I'd get them over that flag uh, if they're really scared of the flag. 
you know, getting them used to the flag only takes a few minutes. Even on some of the most scared mules that I've worked with, Saul, uh, working with that flag, it only takes a few minutes to kind of get them comfortable and, um, you know, just kind of go through the process of letting them kind of follow the flag for a little while and then let them stand there and kind of get used to that flag approaching their bubble and then get them used to the flag as they're moving and then uh, and then then use that I, I like that sensitivity is great I want to a lot of people are trying to desensitize their mules and I I don't want to desensitize them I want to keep them sensitive and use that sensitivity uh, to my advantage I'm gonna need that so um, but yes it's absolutely okay to work without a flag um, work without a flag all the time uh, but I found even on the most sensitive, even on the most scared, it's actually a little easier um, to get it going. Because see, if they're re that reactive to the flag to where somebody maybe says, I don't really want to use one, then... Well, you don't want to avoid you, you don't wanna, yeah, something you don't wanna, that's come up. You don't want to avoid it. Um, and in that case, they're probably, you know, so wound up that it... You need to you need to downregulate them, and bring them back down and relax them, and so sometimes just stepping back and doing less with the flag, just doing a little less and taking a little slower would be fine. So I wouldn't avoid it at all. Um, but his question is: Is it okay to work without it? Yes, it's absolutely absolutely just fine to work without the flag. Um, if it's too much for you to handle and too much for the mule to handle, yeah, just set it aside and. Do a little groundwork, but I'm going to come back and I'm going to get get them okay with that flag. I'm not going to leave them in that state of fear or worry or whatever. I'm going to make sure that they're... You're going to address yeah, that Yeah, I'm going to address that. Fear. I want to make sure they're feeling comfortable. So that's a good question. Well, I think that about does it for our questions today. Um, don't forget, if you guys have questions that you would like featured on Mule Tip Tuesday... Uh, just send me an email, ty at tsmules.com, and please put in the subject line question for Mule Tip Tuesday, and we will try to address it and get it on here. And I appreciate the questions for sure. Also, if it's not too much to ask, those of you that listen to our podcasts uh, via Apple Podcasts, if you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star rating, if you think we deserve it, that is. <laughs> Um, or if you don't, that feels or if you don't, yeah, you still leave one, <laughs> even if you don't think we deserve it. And uh, if you could leave us a little review and tell us what you think of the podcasts. Um, a lot of you, you know, obviously we're talking right now to live Facebook. Um, but if you guys don't know, we put all these Meal Tip Tuesdays on our podcast. So uh, you can listen to them later and uh, enjoy, them, enjoy them on any podcast platform that's out there. So... Hey, thank you guys for watching. Appreciate you. God bless, and we'll see you next week, all right?